0: We would like to welcome you to another edition, the final edition for the month of January in these um, tempestuous times that we've been having. And uh, this is uh, the last show for January, and of course February, will be um, doing some tributes to Black History Month, as we usually do every year, and uh, of course there'll be Lots of uh, interesting music to play in February. I've got some really uh, more obscure uh, jazz features by artists that um, I think deserve wider recognition. So that's going to be on the agenda next month in February. But that's getting ahead of myself. This is The Jazz Show, and my name's Gavin Walker. And we're here every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz music. And, of course, we have a whole slate of music to play for you. Uh, for the next uh, three hours plus. But, of course, we're going to start with our jazz feature. This is a very interesting album. It's the final quartet album that pianist Thelonious Monk made for Columbia Records. His working quartet. And... It's, um contains uh, the quartet's uh, final statements. And interestingly enough, there was a follow-up record. It's kind of uh, a little bit confusing because it wasn't Monk's final record for Columbia. He had one more to do. But it was a rather um, ill-advised affair, which uh, is an okay album, and it pitted Thelonious Monk and his quartet uh, with a big band that was organized by the great Oliver Nelson. And um, they played Oliver Nelson arrangements of Monk tunes. And with all due respect to Mr. Nelson, and uh, the band played wonderfully, Monk played wonderfully, everybody sounded good, but Oliver's music just didn't gel ...with Thelonious Monk. So the album was a bit of a noble failure and um, uh, pretty well an ignored item uh, in Monk's large recorded catalog. But it's not bad, and one day we'll explore the album, we'll uh, we'll play it. But this album that we're going to play tonight is actually the penultimate album before Monk was uh, unceremoniously dropped from Columbia Records' roster... Now, Columbia had always been pretty good to jazz, and there was a a corporate shakeup uh, at the end of the 60s. And, of course, rock and roll, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, all of that had really, really taken over American music. And, of course, some of the great bands that were coming up, Jimi Hendrix, The Cream, um, those bands— Those records were selling in the millions, and jazz was kind of pushed aside um, because it wasn't really making any money. And uh, classical music, same thing happened as well. So the the corporate suits of Columbia went over their people that uh, they had under contract, and they dropped them, including Thelonious Monk. The only one that they kept was Miles Davis, and the reason for that, of course, Miles was a huge star, but Miles had also altered his music at that time and was bringing in more electronic uh, instruments and more, um, more than a tip of the hat to creative rock music as well. Miles was really one of the fathers of, of fusion music, uh, the fusion between jazz music and rock. So they kept Miles Davis, but they dropped all the other jazz guys. And um, Thelonious' producer, Tio Machiro, tried to save uh, Monk by saying, look, the executives are going to drop you. Here's an idea. Take this music home and learn a few of these tunes, and maybe I can sell them on the idea of you recording some of these tunes with your group. The tunes were from a folio of Beatles music, Leonard and McCartney, a big folio of sheet music of all of their tunes. This was Tio's idea to present uh, to have felonius uh, learn the tunes and and then uh, record them this might have been this might have saved his contract well. <laughs> Monk took the music home, and it's hard to know what he did with it, cause no one was there. But uh, about a week later, he um, had another meeting with his producer, and and he handed him back the folio of music, and and he said, uh, "I'm sorry, I don't play children's music." And that was it. And, and T.O. Uh, Machiro tried to talk and Monk just shook his head and he said, I've said my piece. That's it. I don't play children's music. So it wasn't long after that Monk got notice that he was dropped from the roster. Sad to say. Because he had a long and productive contract with Columbia Records. And that's um, yeah, just one of those sad things. Anyway. Getting back to this album, the cover of this album actually became more famous than the music. The album is called Underground, and it features um, how they got Monk to do this. It's a, a wonderful cover. I, I I could go into a lengthy description, um, but you might go on the Internet and um, Google Underground Thelonious Monk, and I think the cover will come up, and you'll see... What I mean. It's, it's a monk in a bunker, and he's got an AK 47 tied to him or strapped on. He's, got, uh, he's playing an old um, upright piano, and um, he's, uh, he looks very stern. And in the corner is um, a Nazi uh, tied up and looking very, very unhappy. And uh, it's, uh, it's obviously a, a, a really uh, atmospheric shot of an underground bunker. And there's all kinds of uh, TNT sticks around and bombs and all that sort of stuff. Very atmospheric, bottles, uh, et cetera, binoculars. Um, anyway, it's a wonderful cover, and it won an award. The cover actually won an award, and uh, it became more famous than the music on the album. But the music is great. And that's what we're going to hear this evening. So, um, anyway, if you're interested in the cover, just Google "underground" uh, or "Columbia Records Underground Thelonious Monk," and I'm sure the the cover will pop up, and y- you'll see what I mean. The album was recorded at the tail end of 1967 and finished in early ni- uh, 1968, and. Uh, It features uh, not only the uh, last recordings of Monk's working quartet, but um, three tunes played by a trio with Monk, uh, with his regular bassist and drummer. And uh, these are quite delightful performances as well. And there's also something that Monk rarely did. There's one tune with a vocalist. And the vocalist is the iconic John Hendricks. And he sings his lyrics to Monk's classic tune, In Walked Bud. So that's a a great track and a rare kind of uh, thing for Thelonious Monk to do. Anyway, we're going to start with the three piano trio tracks uh, to begin and uh, it features, of course, Mr. Monk, Thelonious Monk, on piano with his bassist, Larry Gales, and his drummer, Ben Riley. And we're going to hear three tunes, All uh, two of them composed by Thelonious Monk. The first one is called, was named uh, by him, for him, and the, and the tune is called simply Thelonious. The second tune is a a nice little blues, brand new composition. This is something I I should also mention. Um, A little bit more information about the album. Thelonious uh, generally played the same tunes uh, over and over again during in-person performances. And he wasn't um, one of the complaints about Thelonious in, in the 60s, even though he was most famous by this time. Uh, was that he wasn't writing any new music. All the music that he was playing was all written back in the 40s and 50s when he was uh, virtually uh, ignored and starving. And uh, that's when he wrote all his incredible tunes. And he wasn't writing any new material. He was simply playing a a lot of the older tunes. This album, strangely enough, presents a whole bunch of new material. So that's, uh, that's also what makes this album very interesting, as well as the quality of the music. Okay, getting back to the three tracks we're going to hear. The first one is called Thelonious. The second one is one of his new originals. It's a very simple blues, and it's called Raise Four. And it's, uh, it's, it's based on the, uh, the fourth interval. So that's, that's the reason for the title. Tune number three of the piano trio tracks is a lovely rendition of an old, uh, Monk liked a lot of these really old tunes uh, that were around for a long time and sometimes sung by people and performed. This is a tune called Easy Street, and Monk uh, uh, particularly does a charming version of that tune. It was written by a guy named A.R. Jones, but it was a standard tune. It wasn't a Monk composition, but he gives it its own unique Monkian treatment. So, those three tunes we're going to hear first Thelonious, Raise Four, the new composition, and the, the standard Easy Street. And then we'll get to the quartet numbers in part two. So, we begin with the trio selections. And here is Thelonious. <laughs> Thank you. Thelonious Monk, the trio, uh, part one of our jazz feature from this uh, really really fine album called Underground, and we heard three or three tunes, uh, two Monk compositions and one old standard. First uh, piece of music was entitled Thelonious, and that was written. Um, many years ago, that was written back in the 50s, and one of Monk's earlier compositions. The second tune was a brand new, um, very simple, Monk-like blues based on uh, 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 the interval's fourths, and that's why he called it Raise Four, and uh, 12-bar blues. And the third tune was um, a typical Monk um, variation, on an old standard called Easy Street, written by a guy named A R. Jones. Accompanying Felonius was his regular bassist, Larry Gales and his regular drummer, Ben Riley. And uh, all of these were recorded in uh, December of 1967. We're going to move now to the quartet and play you three tunes these are all Thelonious Monk originals and of course added to the trio is the tenor saxophone stylings of the one and only Charlie Rouse and these are the last documented uh, performances of Monk's working quartet with Mr. Rouse on tenor saxophone he had been with Monk um, for 11 years and, of course, uh, new Monk's music um, inside out. The interesting thing about these recordings were that all the compositions were brand new. And as I mentioned before, um, Thelonious was one of the criticisms of Thelonious Monk was that he hadn't written any new music. Well, he did on this album, and uh, the critics seem to uh, have ignored that in their, uh, in their review of the album. Um, th- they gave it a decent review, but the music is much better than the, than the critics said. And as I said, the cover of the album got a lot more accolades than the actual music. So here then, the three quartet performances, and we begin with uh, a piece of music called Boo Boo's Birthday. Boo Boo was Monk's nickname for his daughter, Barbara. And uh, Barbara unfortunately passed away quite young uh, a number of years ago, died of breast cancer. And she was a a lovely lady, Barbara Monk. And uh, Monk was, um, well, he was obviously, the family was brokenhearted when she succumbed to that uh, very common disease and um, lost her life. Anyway, she was still very much alive and and, uh, very much the apple of Monk's eye. And he wrote this tune for his daughter and called it Boo Boo's Birthday. The second tune that we're going to hear is the only waltz that uh, um, Monk wrote, um, the only original composition that he wrote as a waltz. Now he did he did play a waltz a number of years ago, but it wasn't on his original an original composition. So this is the first and I think the only waltz that Monk wrote um, as an original composition, and it's given a very Monkish, ironic title. It's called Ugly Beauty, and uh, that's tune number two. And the final tune of the uh, quartet set is my favorite track of the whole album, and it's a a very Monkish original and it's called Green Chimneys, and it's also the longest tune uh, on the whole record, and the whole band stretches out, and everybody plays some incredible solos. So, once again, Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone, Larry Gales on bass, Ben Riley on drums, Thelonious Monk on piano, and we begin with Boo Boo's Birthday. Thank you Three tunes from this uh, album, Underground, by Thelonious Monk, his penultimate uh, recording for Columbia Records. These were the three quartet tunes, and uh, these were the last tunes that this working band recorded um, for Columbia Records. And, of course, interestingly enough, they were all brand-new compositions. Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone. Larry Gales on bass, and Ben Riley on drums, and of course, Mr. Thelonious Sphere Monk on piano. We heard the tunes, um, but uh, we began with um, a tune dedicated to Monk's uh, daughter Barbara, the late Barbara Monk, and it was entitled "Boo Boo's Birthday." The second tune had a, a typical ironic Monk title. And this is the only waltz that he ever wrote. And it was called Ugly Beauty. And the final tune is my favorite on the whole album that we just heard. And that tune was called Green Chimneys. The reason it was called that, um, Barbara Monk was going to, uh, uh, the Monks by this time were, were reasonably well off. And uh, Barbara was uh, Monk's daughter. was going to uh, an exclusive uh, school for girls, a private school, and um, Monk and his wife Nellie went to visit um, uh, the school. And Monk remarked on the uh, beautiful old buildings that uh, the school was um, in, and uh, and the beautiful settings, and he he liked the fact that. Uh, The chimneys from these old buildings were um, green bricks. And, of course, uh, that's why he named this tune the the final tune. It's not quite the final tune that we're going to hear, but uh, the last tune we heard, Green Chimneys. I didn't know this until I read the uh, um, award-winning book on Thelonious Monk that came out a couple of years ago. And it's the most definitive um, biography um, written by Robin Kelly. And uh, it really gets into the whole um, psyche and uh, uh, life story of Thelonious Monk. And it's a a most interesting read. And uh, it's no wonder it it won all these awards. The final two of the whole set is uh, something rather special. This is Monk, and it was his choice to bring in vocalist John Hendricks. And, of course, Mr. Hendricks is still very much with us. He's in his 90s now, and he still performs. And uh, he is an amazing uh, musician, composer. And he wrote the words to... This very famous Monk tune dedicated to one of Monk's best friends, pianist Bud Powell. And the tune is called In Walk Bud. So we hear, of course, Thelonious on piano, Larry Gales on bass, Ben Riley on drums, and vocalist John Hendricks singing his own lyrics to the tune. And this is going to be the final um, selection from this uh, wonderful album. So here then, John Hendricks, Thelonious Monk. And in walked Bud.
1: Dizzy, he was screaming. Next to Opie, who was beaming. All was something. Suddenly in walked Bud, and then they got into something. Oscar played a mean sax Mr. Byers blew a mean axe, all was thumping. suddenly it walked forward, the and then the thorn started jumping. Every hip stood really the birds did the time. Taking that note, nobody will for Bye bye, boom boom, we're Ba ba you <laughs> Next to me, who be walk nothing. suddenly and then they got something.
0: our final selection from the jazz feature entitled Underground from Columbia Records that was of course the great John Hendricks um singing and that was uh, his own words to Monk's great composition in Walked Bud John Hendrix with Thelonious Monk on piano Larry Gales on bass and Ben Riley on drums and our final selection from this um, underrated album, uh, the cover, as I said, uh, won all kinds of awards, but the the music was uh, kind of dismissed. I, I, I guess uh, it was just the times and and the fact that uh, Col- um, Thelonious Monk's Columbia contract was about to be um, eliminated. And uh, I don't know, somehow this album kind of missed the... Um, uh, the critical acclaim that I think it should have uh, received. Very, very fine album. Uh, we opened with uh, three trio pieces, um, including uh, with Larry Gales, of course, on bass and Ben Riley on drums, and Thelonious on piano. Uh, we opened with Thelonious, and we followed that. Um, that was an older composition by Monk. And then we heard um, 12-bar blues called Raise Four, and then we heard a wonderful interpretation of an old standard called "Easy Street" by A. R. Jones. Then we heard four quart or three quartet tunes uh, with Charlie Rouse. The final um, documentation of Monk's working quartet and uh, including three original compositions. So we heard "Boo Boo's Birthday," followed by "Ugly Beauty," and followed by "Green Chimneys." And this final tune we heard, of course, with John Hendricks. In Walked Butt. So, we certainly hope you enjoyed the jazz feature this evening. The music of the one and only Thelonious Sphere Monk, one of the great pioneers of modern jazz and one of the most interesting figures uh, in that music. For years and years and years, his music was ignored. Uh, people said he couldn't play the piano, uh, all this kind of stuff. And then, all of a sudden, bang! Monk became um Monk became famous. <laughs> There's a great documentary and um uh it's be worth your while to if you've never seen it, it's one of the finest jazz documentaries uh out there and it's called Straight No Chaser. And it really goes into uh Thelonious's personality. Um and you see, you know, great shots of uh his working quartet, Monk in a rehearsal. Um, All kinds of things, Monk uh, on uh, tour buses and um, all sorts of delightful things in the movie, including uh, his whole family and everything else. It's a great uh, portrait of Thelonious Monk, well worth checking out. You can get the DVD of that straight note chaser. Anyway, the music of Thelonious Monk, and uh, certainly hope you enjoyed it. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.cigr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're going to come back and celebrate a birthday of a great musician from England. And in my estimation, he was the greatest um, musician, jazz musician, that is, that England ever produced. And I, I don't think I'd get too much an argument on this. He uh, was a multi-instrumentalist. He played piano. He composed. He arranged. and He played um, all the saxophones, but his main instrument was the tenor saxophone, and he had a very distinctive approach to that instrument. And his name, Edward Brian Hayes. He was better known as Tubby Hayes, and he was born in San Pancreas in London, on this day in 1935, and died uh, quite young in 1973. He was only 38 years old. Died uh, basically of heart problems, but uh, an amazing musician. We're going to hear some of his music after a whole bunch of these messages, and we'll be right back. So don't touch that dial, as they say.
1: Ever had a hankering to ski the world-famous slopes of Whistler? Boy, do we have great news for you. Escape the city in one of Zipcar's many mountain-ready vehicles. Plus, get $30 back in free driving credit when you tweet a selfie on the slopes at ZipcarBC. Zipcar. Wheels when you want them. Fate. Sex. God. Everyone has a secret. In a series of tantalizing vignettes, over a hundred characters search for love and information. They discover themselves and each other through tango, torture, and karaoke. UBC Theatre and Film presents Love and Information. Written by influential and award-winning playwright Carol Churchill. And directed by MFA candidate Lauren Taylor. For tickets, visit theaterfilm.ubc.ca.
0: bit of weather for you. Um, It's actually looking pretty good. Um, This it's gonna be fairly nice for the next few days. Uh, Tonight is cloudy, then it's gonna be clearing completely overnight with a low of plus one. Kind of cool, but that's all right. Uh, You know, it's January, just getting into February, so hey, it's not bad. We'll take it. Uh, Tomorrow is going to be sunny and windy with a low of plus one and a high of six Uh, Then Wednesday, a little cooler in the evening, Uh, sunny again on Wednesday with a low of minus four and a high of six. And Thursday is again sunny with a low of minus three and a high of plus three. So uh, that's kind of nice. And, and of course, the evenings will be cool because the sky is going to be clear. And that's pretty typical for this time of year. Um, Friday is cloudy with a 60 percent chance Of a shower or possibly flurries. Well, okay. Uh, Low of minus 2 and a high of 5. Saturday is pretty well the same thing. Cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower or flurries. The F word. Low of minus 1 and a high of 5 for Saturday. And Sunday, uh, periods of rain. Low of 0, highs of 5. I think – I don't think there's any real danger of getting any snow of any significant uh, accumulation around Vancouver. But you never know. And, of course, it's that time of year. Wow. We could be having the weather that they had in New Brunswick with the ice storm. Anybody that's listened to the news, uh, people with no power for, uh, you know, 10 days – just terrible conditions. Ice storms are among the most destructive because the ice weighs down and breaks all the wires. And it it takes forever for uh, people to get their power back. And of course, it's so cold there. It's like minus 10, minus 15. Nice. If you don't have any power, that can be pretty heavy. Anyway, we're not there. We're here in British Columbia. And we're here in Canada, so we <laughs> we should be grateful um, for uh, the obvious reason, which we won't go into. All right. Um, I would like to remind you of uh, two great websites before we carry on and, and bring you the music of Tubby Hayes. One of the websites is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's coastaljazz.ca. And of course, um, the Winter interruptiontion Festival is coming up the, the, the full schedule of that uh, festival. some of the items are ticketed. A lot of the stuff is free. It's produced by the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society and it's centered basically on Granville Island. So there's a lot of exciting events, the Winter uh festival. And uh, you can see the schedule on Coastal Jazz. .ca and of course uh the lineup at Frankie's, uh one of Vancouver's leading jazz clubs on BD Street. You can uh, book uh tables there, you can uh, you can pay the cover, uh you can do everything online. So it's very important that particular website, very comprehensive and and easy to navigate as well. coastaljazz.ca. The other website is very informative website is vancouverjazz.com. That's put together by Brian Nation. And uh, that's also an interesting website. All kinds of uh, different links on that one. And you can spend quite a bit of time on the Vancouver Jazz website. It's a good one. vancouverjazz.com. So, coastaljazz.ca, vancouverjazz.com. And before we uh, get into uh, the music of Tubby Hayes, I'd just like to mention one more thing. My good friend Ken Speller, who is a music teacher, he has a business called Music at Home. And he's a very, very fine musician himself, plays a saxophone, plays all the saxophones, plays the clarinet and the flute, but he teaches all of those instruments, and he comes to your house. Uh, So when you hire um, Ken to do that, he'll actually show up at your house at the appointed hour and uh, give you an hour or two of his time, whatever you uh, wish, and he'll teach you how to play those instruments. Or if you already do play them, of course, you can have a little more advanced study as well. So he's a good man to know. Another thing that uh, Ken does is instrument repairs. This is very important uh, for those of us that play um, wind, Read instruments—they're—they're they're very complicated. Lots of keys and and uh, springs and and um, all kinds of stuff on there that uh, sometimes wear out, and uh, sometimes the pads leak, and uh, all of a sudden uh, your nice sound isn't such a nice sound anymore. Uh, all of that kind of stuff—you have to keep your instrument in shape. And Ken does that. He's an expert repairman, and uh, he keeps his prices very reasonable. So rather than taking it to a a store where they have the overhead and they have to charge you for that, uh, Ken does all his repairs at home. And he's located in the Metrotown area of um, Burnaby. And um, he uh, has his repair shop right in his home. So uh, he keeps his prices to a minimum. So he's a good man to know as a music teacher. And as a a repair person as well. And he can be reached at 778 800 1933. That's 778 800 1933 or K Speller, K S P E L L E R underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. K Speller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. Tubby Hayes is the subject of our next uh, jazz feature. Edward Brian Hayes was born today in 1935 uh, in St. Pancras in London and died. He was only 38 when he passed away on the 8th of June, 1973 in Hammersmith. Tubby, of course, was an incredible musician, and uh, he is truly one of the most— I mean, people talk about Johnny Dankworth and Cleo Lane— and some of the other um, jazz figures. But Tubby Hayes represents um, very much the some of the very best music that uh, jolly old England ever produced. And Tubby uh, recorded in a big band context. He led his own small bands. And, of course, he was a multi-instrumentalist, a very fine composer, um he played the vibes he played the piano played all the saxophones um but he specialized on the tenor saxophone and established himself we're going to hear Tubby he he came to america twice uh unfortunately back in the 60s there was a big uh rule um british uh musicians union would allow and the american musicians union um, if if a British musician came over to perform and and work for a time in the United States, um, an American musician had to go to England and and work. So there had to be an exchange thing. So it was a complicated procedure. You, it, somebody couldn't just invite Tubby Hayes over to play, and, and perform in in clubs and so on because he'd get instantly deported unless that exchange took place it was a, a very complicated affair and it prevented club owners from from um uh hiring uh some of the great uh, british musicians and bringing them over but tubby was lucky uh he he um there were some people involved in bringing him over so they exchanged um, uh, uh, an American musician, Zoot Sims, went over and played in England, and Tubby came and played in North America, and he also recorded. So we're going to hear um, w- a couple of results of uh, this, these, uh, these trips, and we're going to hear Tubby on an album that he did with some great uh, American musicians in 1961 when he was here, and he performed in clubs and, uh, and did this uh, recording for Columbia Records. This is a tune, standard tune, not that well-known, but a nice melodic tune. It features Tubby out front with the great Horace Parlin on piano, George de Vivier on bass, and Dave Bailey on drums. And the tune is called You For Me. And then we're going to hear a Tubby Hayes original that adds uh, not only Clark Terry on trumpet, but Eddie Costa on vibraphone. And uh, the the whole group and the same rhythm section I mentioned. And we're going to hear a Tubby Hayes composition entitled Pint of Bitter. Or as Tubby would say, a pint of bitter. Anyway, uh, here is the great tenor saxophone work of Edward, Brian, Hayes, and um, wherever you are, Tubby, happy birthday. I'm sure you're having a great time. Here we go. Music of the great, late Tubby Hayes, one of the finest musicians that was ever produced by Jolly Old England, and uh, we heard three tunes um, by Tubby on his uh, one of his first visit. As a matter of fact, his first visit to the United States, and um, he had played a, a couple of weeks at uh, one of the major clubs in New York, and of course met. All kinds of musicians and and um, and players, and was invited to do this recording session uh, with uh, some of the great new york players and so we heard three tunes from uh, one of those sessions, and we opened with a a feature for Tubby in a quartet setting, a great tune uh, a more obscure type tune that tubby found somewhere, uh, written by a guy named um, Bob Hames. And uh, the tune is called You For Me. And that's what we heard first. The second tune was written by Clark Terry, um, the great trumpeter who was featured uh, on, on the tune, along with uh, Eddie Costa on Vibes. And uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, The rhythm section, Horace Parlin on piano, George Duvivier on bass, and Dave Bailey on drums. And uh, the second tune was called Pint of Bitter, and that was uh, dedicated to uh, uh, Tubby, but composed by Clark Terry. And the final tune we heard was the Tubby Hayes composition. Um, The vibes dropped out of uh, that one, but Clark Terry was still on board, and the very same rhythm section. And that tune was written by Tubby called Half a Sawbuck. And, of course, a great performance by this extremely confident and very individual-sounding tenor player from London. And, of course, Tubby played, uh, as I mentioned before, a whole variety of instruments. He composed, uh, he played the piano, played the vibes, um, incredible musician, and, and died far too young. He was 38 died after his second heart operation, sad to say. We're going to continue in a moment. Uh, we have a couple of messages for you, and we're going to play you um, an example of uh, Tubby's second visit to the United States, uh, which was about a year or so later, and from an album called Tubby's Back in Town, where he was um, featured with... Rasan Roland Kirk, James Moody, and a hot rhythm section. We'll tell you about it in a minute and uh, play some tracks from uh, that session right after these messages. And you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. Are you interested in Indigenous issues?
1: Are you down with decolonization? Do you have something to say? Or have a topic to share?
0: We have just the thing.
1: Join UBC's first ever Indigenous Radio Collective. We're a team of Indigenous and non-Indigenous people.
0: I'm
2: Niska from my mother.
1: From the Taltan Territory. I'm a settler from Washington State.
2: I'm from McQualcom and Musqueam First Nations. I am Kicho Indigenous, from Saraguro Ecuador. We broadcast from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded land of the
1: Hunkuminum-speaking Musqueam people. Whatever you want to talk about, we're into it. Everyone is welcome, no experience necessary.
0: Unceded Airwaves airs every Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m. on CITR 101.9 FM.
1: And we meet every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. to plan our upcoming shows.
0: Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Unsealed Airwaves.
1: We want to hear your story.
0: All right, further to Tubby Hayes. His uh, second appearance in the United States led to this recording uh, for Mercury Records, and it was called Tubby's Back in Town, and he certainly was. And um, the producer of the album suggested that Tubby get together with... uh, two other major musicians. One of them was Rasan Roland Kirk. And, of course, he's got his whole arsenal of horns uh, on this uh, particular date, and he uses them. And the other great saxophone player is the late, great James Moody, who really plays beautifully on, on these tunes. And, of course, Tubby Hayes on tenor saxophone backed up by Walter Bishop Jr. at the piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums. And we're going to hear um, a jam tune. um, It's called Stitt's tune, Uh, although I don't think Sonny Stitt wrote this tune. Several people have laid claim to this particular line, Um, but it became kind of a, a common jam session tune at one time. And it was recorded by Max Roach and Clifford Brown under a different title and uh, different whatever. It, it'll be familiar to you, if you when you hear it anyway. And it's, it's a, great, uh, uh, a great opener and a great setup for a whole bunch of uh, marvelous solos. So that's the first tune. And the second tune was written by Rasan Roland Kirk. And, of course, we all know that uh, Rasan was uh, um, sightless and um, blind. And uh, he wrote this tune called I See With My Third Eye. So, two tunes from this album, Tubby's Back in Town. Tubby with a whole bunch of great all-star musicians. (laughs) ¶¶ We've been paying tribute to the late, great British tenor saxophonist Tubby Hayes, and uh, it was his birthday today, January 30th. He was born in 1935 in St. Pancras in London, and died June eighth, 1973. He was only 38 years old after his second heart operation. Sad to say, and uh, he... Is undoubtedly one of the greatest jazz musicians that uh, Great Britain ever produced, and of course he recorded prolifically over there. There are just tons of uh, Tubby Hayes records um, that are were recorded in um, in England over the years, and some uh, amazing music. But uh, um, the the music we heard were from two trips that he made. He actually made three trips to. Um, North America, um, once in 1961, then in 1962, and then in 1964 and early 1965. Uh, And he played at uh, Shelley's Manhole, the club in uh, Los Angeles. Tubby Hayes, and we heard him here with uh, a stellar group of uh, musicians. This was from his second visit, and uh, that's why the title of the album came out as Tubby's Back in Town. And Tubby was featured with James Moody on tenor saxophone and the incredible Rasan Roland Kirk, who had all of his instruments uh, strapped on and uh, played them all. And we heard two tunes. Uh, oh, of course, in the rhythm section, the great Walter Bishop Jr. at the piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums. And we heard the first tune was called Stitz Tune, Uh, As I mentioned before, nobody knows who really wrote that uh, riff, um, but uh, it was a a pretty standard jam session tune, and um, it it, uh, has been recorded with different titles. (laughs) So I think maybe it was attributed to Sonny Stitt, but who knows who wrote it. Anyway, Stitt's tune was the first one. The second tune was written by Rasan Roland Kirk, minor key blues, and it was called I See With My Third Eye. Um, the order of the solos on Stitt's tune were uh, Tubby Hayes, of course, led off, followed by Rossan Roland Kirk, and then uh, he was followed by James Moody. Then uh, on the tune I See With My Third Eye, we heard uh, James Moody first was the first soloist. He was followed by Tubby Hayes, who was followed um, by Rossan Roland Kirk playing his Stritch, which of course was a soprano, um, the um, Manzello, sorry, which is a soprano uh, saxophone, a variation on, on the soprano saxophone. So there you go. And of course, that uh, same rhythm section on both tunes recorded in uh, June of 1962. All right our tribute to Edward Brian Hayes, Tubby Hayes. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. We have a couple of uh, really obscure items by Art Blakey. And this is a band that he, um, they only did, these two tunes, and then the session was uh, uh, was never completed. so But we do have these complete tunes, and they sound good. The arrangements are by Gigi Grice, and the compositions are his as well. And this is sort of the Jazz Messengers plus four. The people involved here, Bill Hardman on trumpet, who was a regular member at the time, Lee Morgan, who was still in his teens, and he was going to be a member, um later on uh melba liston on trombone sahib shahab on alto saxophone johnny griffin who was a regular member of the messengers on tenor saxophone cecil payne on baritone saxophone uh wynton kelly on piano and blakey's regular bass player was spanky de brest spanky de brest on bass and art blakey on drums so it's essentially the jazz messengers plus four um, two tunes arranged by the great Gigi Grice. The first one was, is entitled A Night at Tony's, and the second one actually had lyrics added, added to it um, soon after by John Hendricks, and it was a very fine tune called Social Call. So here then, a couple of rare takes from a session that was never fully completed by uh, Art Blakey and his jazz messengers plus four couple of extremely rare tracks by, um, I guess we can call it Art Blakey and his jazz messengers plus four. And um, we heard uh, the first tune and the two tunes were written by and arranged by uh, Gigi Grice. And the um, first tune was called A Night at Tony's. And that featured solos by regular trumpeter uh, Bill Hardman. And of course the irrepressible a new regular member of the Jazz Messengers at the time, Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone, The Little Giant. And then we also heard a solo by Cecil Payne on baritone saxophone. And a nice turn by Wynton Kelly on piano. And the bassist was Spanky DeBrest, who was a regular member of the Messengers. And, of course, Art Blicky on drums. The second tune, called Social Call, featured uh, the lead trumpet uh, work, was done by Lee Morgan. And he soloed on that piece. Lee Morgan was, uh, I think, 16 years old. No, he, he, was, um, he was 17 on this uh, particular session, just still a teenager. He was touring at the time with Dizzy Gillespie's band, and uh, he came in for this session. He later on, of course, became an important jazz messenger. Um, we also heard um, Johnny Griffin, once again, on tenor saxophone, and some nice alto saxophone work by... Sahib Shahab sounded really good on alto and um uh the um other members uh uh filling out the ensemble Melba Liston on trombone and uh of course Cecil Payne on baritone saxophone who didn't solo and etc etc so uh, altogether it was the Jazz Messengers plus 4 two trumpets Bill Hardman and Lee Morgan uh, Mel Liston I mentioned, on trombone, Sahib Shahab on alto, saxophone, Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone, Cecil Payne baritone saxophone, Winton Kelly piano, Spanky DeBrest on bass, and Art Blakey on drums. All right. Here is um, a change of pace, a total change of pace. My good friend, Mike Nock. Mike Nock, prominent piano player who played with... Uh, John Handy, and Youssef Latif, did all kinds of stuff. He was originally from New Zealand, but he, um, he actually um, doesn't refer to that anymore. He's definitely an Australian, and that's where he lives uh, with his wife. And um, Mike is still very much alive and well and a marvelous piano player. We're going to take you back to an album that he recorded, uh, or a piece from an album that he recorded in 1981 for the ECM label. And this is a, a very much a mood piece. It's quite beautiful. And it features Mike on piano, Eddie Gomez on bass, and John Christensen on drums. And it's a um, very much, a, as I said, very much a mood piece. I like it very much. And it's called Forgotten Love. Pianist Mike Nock. A very beautiful piece of music, introspective and very moody and um, quite lovely. Mike Nock on piano from Australia. This goes back to a 1981 recording recorded in uh, Oslo for the ECM label. The recording is called Ondas, and all the music on here is extremely uh, gorgeous. Mike Knock on piano with Eddie Gomez on bass and uh, John Christensen on drums. And that was Mike's composition, Forgotten Love. I think a nice uh, kind of change of pace. We're going to bring the uh, jazz show, this edition of the jazz show, THE jazz show, <laughs> uh, if you will, To a close, with uh, the music of Julian Cannonball Adderley, live with uh, one of the most best-loved jazz groups that he ever led, his Sextet, which was uh, an extremely popular band in the 60s. And these two pieces of music were recorded um, on uh, a trip to Japan. I'd just like to... uh, tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show. Uh, My name's Gavin Walker, and of course you're listening to CITR, FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Now we're going to take you to Japan, July 1963, and we're going to hear two tunes to um, close up the program, Uh, maybe three. We're going to hear three tunes. And we're going to begin with um, a standard tune with a standard arrangement. And we're going to hear Autumn Leaves. And then we're going to do a great tune which features an incredible tenor saxophone solo by Yusef Latif. And the tune is called The Weaver. And we're going to conclude that with uh, a feature for the band and drummer Lewis Hayes. Um, the great um, standard Bohemia After Dark, written by Oscar Pettiford. So the people involved, Julian Cannonball Adderley on alto saxophone, Brother Nat on cornet, Yusef Latif will be heard on tenor saxophone and uh, flute, and Joe Zavanel on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums. And we begin with... Autumn Leaves. This one is called Autumn Leaves. is based on the blues, and it's got something else besides that. You see, this one is dedicated to a friend of ours in New York who is a dear friend to everyone in the band, kind of a jive cat, but a beautiful cat. His name is Weaver, Lee Weaver. So the tune sounds something like Lee Weaver. It's soulful, it's mean. It's called The Weaver by Youssef Lati. Recorded in Japan, in Tokyo, in July of 1963, Julian Cannibal Adderley and his wonderful band, Julian, of course, on alto saxophone, Brother Nat on cornet, Youssef Latif on tenor saxophone, Joe Zavanul on piano. Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums. And we heard three tunes from this concert. We opened with um, Autumn Leaves, um, a standard tune, and then an original by Yusef Latif entitled The Weaver. And, of course, that featured uh, great solos by everybody, especially Yusef Latif on tenor saxophone. And the final tune was uh, Oscar Pettiford's classic taken way up tempo. And it's a tune called Bohemia After Dark. So we hope you enjoyed the show this evening and uh, some of the music that we played. If not some of the music, all of it. And uh, we'll come back next week um, and join us once again. Uh, I won't be here live because it's a very special day in my life. February 6th happens to be my birthday. And um, I have other plans. However... The jazz show will be broadcast. Um, it will be a repeat broadcast from uh, sometime last year, and uh, it will be appropriate to uh, the time. So it will probably be some uh, broadcast in February. I'm allowing my, uh, my good friend uh, Gak, who does the show before me, to um, program that particular podcast and I'll be back on the uh, on Family Day on the 13th of February live I hope <laughs> anyway I'd like to thank you very much for listening this evening on behalf of CITR FM 101.9 and myself Gavin Walker and The Jazz Show, which is a regular feature of CITR every Monday night from 9 in the evening until sometime after midnight. Take care and uh, enjoy yourselves and uh, don't worry about a thing. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. (laughs) ¶¶
1: Badi